to glory land. It won't be long until I take the hand of Jesus Christ with a great big smile. We sit right down and talk a while. Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Until I see the man, the Prince of Peace. Praise the Lord. Let's all be seated this morning. And let's turn in our Bible to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I'm sure you'll remember the story of Nicodemus and Jesus. John chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same day came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born to the flesh is flesh, and that which is born to the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. All of us know that one time in our life we were born of our parents. We were born to the flesh. We were born to the water. We came into this world a sinner because of Adam's sin way back in the Garden of Eden. We were dead spiritually. Our spirit was dead inside of us. We were hell-bound. Amen? Hell-bound. But then Jesus said, Hey, you not only need to be born of your parents, you not only need to be born of water, you not only need to be born of the flesh, but you need to be born of the spirit. You need to get that dead spirit that's inside of you born again. And that's why Jesus said, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. We're living in the kingdom of Satan until we get born again. And then we get resurrected with Jesus. And we get born again, born to the Spirit. Peter puts it this way over in 1 Peter 1.23. He says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed. That corruptible seed is like our parents' seed, the seed of Adam coming up through time, the dead spiritual seed, being not born of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Amen? Incorruptible seed, the precious holy seed of God, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Glory to God. That's what takes us into eternal life, being born of the Spirit of God. When you're born again, you're not born to be defeated. Since you've been born of the Spirit of God, you're born to walk as a conqueror, as a son of God now. A lot of times we come to Jesus and we just roll over and play dead. I used to have a dog one time. I could go bang, bang, and he'd just roll over and play dead. 
A lot of times after we're born again, the devil comes up to you and says, boo, and you just roll over and play dead like you didn't even know that you were born again. Like you didn't even know you had power as a son of God. Like you didn't even know that you were a new creation. Brother, when you come to the Lord and you're born again, there are some things that you're going to have to do. We're going to look at those things this morning that we're going to have to do. But in accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have received eternal life. You've been delivered out of the power of darkness, out of the kingdom of Satan, and you've been resurrected up into the kingdom of God. And that's a new type of life that you're living now. It's a new life. You'll always be different from the normal people. If you're born again this morning and you go back over into the quad, you'll see that your life is different than those that are walking around in the kingdom of Satan. You don't do the same things that they do. You're probably not sitting at the domino table. You might not be in the TV room quite as much. You might not even be smoking cigarettes. I don't know. Whatever you might not be doing, you're going to be a little different from those that are in the world. You're going to be running with a different type of people than people that are born again. When you get born again, you walk in a new life, a new and different life. When you're born again, you need to immediately always recognize yourself as having a heavenly father and that you have brothers and sisters all over the world that are sharing in this new life. A lot of times the devil would try to come and he would try to get you to doubt. He'd try to get you to doubt that you're born again. He'd say, oh man, you're not born again. Who are you trying to fool anyway? Well, all you got to do is go over into 1 John in chapter 5. And John says that he wrote this entire book here that you might know that you're born again. 1 John 5, 13, he says, These things have I written unto you that believe upon the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. He wrote this whole book here so that you might know that you have eternal life. This book here of 1 John, it has about... 32 no's in it, 32 no's, 32 to 36 no's, and being confident in this book here. You can know that you're born again by the Spirit of God just by reading this book. But the devil tries to come along like a thief and tries to deceive you. He's a thief and a liar. You know that, don't you? See, Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy and try to take your born-again experience and life of victory away from you. But Jesus came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In other words, we're not to roll over and play dead. When we get born again, we need to know that we're saved. We need to know that we're born of God. We need to know that we have eternal life. And we need to know that now that we're born again, we need to walk right with God in a right relationship with God as a conqueror. A lot of us get born again and we never do any of the things that we're supposed to be doing. We never get into fellowship. We never get into prayer. We never get into worship. We never get into study. All we do is stay over in the quad, stay in our room, never come to Bible studies, never do this, never do that, never get involved in any of the activities that are at the chapel. Well, that's not what it's all about. When you get born again, you have to begin to experience the family of God. You have to begin to recognize that you're a conqueror and that you need to associate with conquerors. 
See, the Word of God tells us that we're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Through the born-again experience, through the victory at Calvary, we're now more than a conqueror. And we're not only a conqueror, but we're more than a conqueror. And Paul said over in Romans 8, 37 and 38 and 39, he said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor heights nor depths nor anything shall be able to separate me from the love of God. He knew that and he was persuaded of that. You need to come around where people are persuaded and where people are convinced and where people know that they have eternal life and that they have a victorious life and that they are sons of God and that they are right with God, that they know they have a prayer life, you need to come around people that know how to walk a Christian life. And when you get around and associate with those people, you'll begin to overcome. Glory to God. Now on the overhead projector this morning, I have ten things that you need to do. Before I became a Christian, this is what I thought. I thought, well, you know, being a Christian is just a book of do's and don'ts. That's all it is to it. Do's and don'ts. You become a Christian, you got a lot of do's. You become a Christian, there's a lot of things that you can't do. And I don't want to give up all those things that I'm not supposed to do, and I don't want to do all those things that a Christian says I should do. That's about what I thought. But I got to a point to where I recognized that all those things that I didn't think I was supposed to do wasn't bringing any happiness in my life. I got to the place to where all those things that I was doing was causing havoc and turmoil and trouble in my life. I was reaping what I was sowing. And then I became a Christian, and then I didn't mind the do's and don'ts so much. I became a Christian, and I began to recognize that I needed to do the Word of God and do the things that God says for my life to do. Just like you have a manufactured handbook to your automobile, to your Ford automobile, you have a manufacturer handbook. God created you, right? A creator's handbook to your life to live. It's just that we got off track and our car went dead. Our battery went dead because of sin. But now that we've become a Christian, we begin to run our life right and we've got a book of do's here that we need to do to keep our life in tune with God. And the main don't that we need to do is don't give place to the devil in our life. Don't give place to the devil. It's just that simple. Paul says, neither give place to the devil. Resist the devil and sin not. Awake to righteousness and sin not. In other words, resist him. Resist him with the do's. This is what you're going to do. Amen? The first thing that I'd like to bring to your attention that you need to do is you need to expect temptation to come. You need to expect temptation to come. Temptation is going to come. I don't have to put a bunch of temptations out in front of you this morning. You know what temptation is all about. You know what lust of the eye is all about. You know what lust of the flesh is all about. You know what the pride of life is all about. You know you see it every day out in the quads and you're tempted by it all the time. But James says to be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And if you're a born again Christian this morning, you need to be a doer of the word and not just hearing what I say this morning. Made it very clear to you this morning by putting them on the screen. I'd even like for you to write these things down that you need to do to discipline your life. You need to wake up every morning looking at these ten things and saying, I'm going to do them. 
I'm going to do them with the help of Jesus this morning and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to do these things. First of all, you need to expect that temptation is going to come. But the thing that we need to recognize is that we don't have to let this temptation overcome us. Amen? We don't have to let the temptation overcome us. It's not sin to be tempted to do wrong. It's only sin when you do it. You're going to be tempted all day long, but the minute you give in to it, that's when it becomes sin to you. We need to trust in Jesus to daily give us the victory because of his blood at Calvary. We need to keep our eyes upon the power, the power of God that came to us because of the victory of Calvary and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Well, for a minute, what did Jesus do when the devil came to Jesus in Matthew 4 in the wilderness? And he said, hey, man, if you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Sort of like this. Oh, man, you work up in the chow hall. You can steal that grilled cheese sandwich. What did Jesus say? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He came against the devil with the word of God. Temptation is going to come your way. Jesus was taken up on a very high pinnacle, and the devil said, Oh, if you be the Son of God, jump off that. The angel will catch you. Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That was straight out of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. The devil came to him again, tempting him over and over and over, all the way through his ministry, but Jesus always came back with him. Back with the devil, back with the word of God, saying, I speak the word of God, and I speak the word of God only. My words come from the Father. My words are spirit and life. Devil came to him again, and he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. We have to look to the word. Temptation is going to come. Number two, you should be baptized with water according to the command of Jesus Christ. Baptism is an inward sign, an outward sign of what has taken place in you inwardly. You've been born again. You've received the death, the burial, and the resurrection. When you go down into that water, it's a type of grave. You go down in there and you come out of that grave, born again. Amen? The water does not save you, but it's a command that you need to do it, do that, to be an outward witness of what has taken place in your life. We have baptisms here every Tuesday. If you need to be baptized, sign up to get baptized. Ask for a baptism application. Jesus gave, it, gave us a command as ministers to go forth and to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. After Peter spoke the beautiful sermon after the day of Pentecost, he said, Repent ye and be baptized in the name of Jesus. It's a command. If you have not been baptized this morning, you need to get baptized. Number three is that you need fellowship with your Christian brothers. You need to keep good company. Nobody can live a good Christian life without running with Christians. Bad company will cause you to become like bad company. Good company will cause you to become like the good company. Samson, he got in the company of Delilah and he fell. Solomon got in the company of all the idolatry that was taking on around him and he fell to idolatry. Peter, when he was by the fire there when Jesus was being on trial, and they asked him, don't you, know the, don't you know that man Jesus? And he denied Jesus three times. Bad company makes you deny your relationship with God. 
You need to come and begin to fellowship with Christians. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as many men do, especially as this last day approaches. Jesus is coming. We see men lacking in fellowship every day of the week out here in the chapel especially as that day approaches. Get into fellowship. Number four, you need to live the life of faith. Romans 1.17 says, The just, the righteous, the born-again Christian shall live by faith in Jesus Christ. Live by faith in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. And walk by faith. And when the devil comes at you, put faith on him. Put the word of God on him. Amen? Be strong in the faith and live by faith. Live by faith daily. And the way you do that is get into the word of God and grow in the word of God. Paul says in Colossians 3.16 to let this word dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Amen? Let it do well in you richly. You need spiritual strength from this Bible here for your spiritual life just as you need physical food for your physical life. I've heard Bruce say all the time, you don't miss many meals every day, do you? But a lot of you miss about every other night or every night over here in the chapel for your spiritual food. See, you don't miss your physical meals, but you miss your spiritual meals. You need spiritual growth because Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is quick. It's alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, glory to God. It's alive. It feeds you, makes you strong in this Christian life. Number five, you should develop your prayer life. Develop your prayer life. One of the greatest responsibilities of a Christian, of a born-again Christian, is to develop his prayer life. We have classes out here during the week on prayer. We have cassette tapes on prayer. You need to develop your prayer life. You cannot live a successful Christian life without having a proper prayer life. You know if you have a proper prayer life or not, but you need to develop a proper prayer life daily. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says we need to pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, 6 says be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication let your requests be made known unto God. Amen? In other words, don't be anxious for all these things, all these problems. Don't be worried about all these things, but go to God and let your requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving, knowing that God has given you the answer to your prayer. Colossians 4.2 says to continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Jesus said in Luke 18.1, men ought always to pray. You need to develop your prayer life. Number six, you should develop your praise life. One of the greatest secrets to a constant Christian victory and, to a, and an overcoming born-again life as a conqueror is developing your praise life. The Spirit of God will begin to move forth from your life and you'll begin to feel the anointing, the presence of God upon your life 
You'll begin to see wonders work in your life and others will begin to see the power of God moving forth in your life. You'll be a great and mighty witness for the Lord Jesus Christ because of the glory of God that is moving forth through your life. A guy came to me this week and said, Charles, I don't know why I just can't overcome in this life. I don't know why I keep giving to this anger and all this vile trash that's coming out of my mouth. I said, you need to get in the presence of Christians. You need to begin to praise God and get the Spirit of God moving in your life. When you begin to praise God, Psalms 22, 3 says that he inhabits the praises of his people. You've been in the presence of praise where the Spirit is moving in your life. David said, Whoso offereth praise unto me glorifieth God. Psalms 50, 23. Paul said in Hebrews 13, 5, uh, 15, to let, us, to let us offer the sacrifice of praise unto God. You might not always feel like praising God, but let it be a sacrifice unto God. Begin to lift your hands. Begin to praise God. It says to let us offer that sacrifice unto God of praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise unto him. Praising God with our mouth, singing as loud as you can, praising God, lifting your hands, and just getting loose in the Spirit and free in the Spirit to praise God so that that Spirit will begin to flow forth in your life and give you power. You have to receive. When you receive something from anyone, you put your hands out and receive. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, put your hands out and receive. Number six, you should be develop a life full of the Holy Spirit should be baptized in the Holy Ghost. One of the greatest ways to be baptized in the Holy Ghost is to begin to develop your praise life. The Holy Spirit will begin to flow in your life. It's very essential for you to be an effective Christian. In order for you to be an effective Christian, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Luke said in Acts 1.8, as he was writing the words of Jesus, he says, but you shall be witnesses but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So you need to be witnesses of the Lord, but first you've got to receive the Holy Spirit. You need to receive the Holy Ghost. You wonder why you're not witnessing, you need to receive the Holy Ghost. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses. Unto Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. You say, well, why don't I have the boldness to witness in this institution? Well, maybe it's because you hadn't received the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost flowing forth from you. You need to receive the Holy Ghost. You need to be endued with power in order to possess the ability to live and to witness a victorious Christian life. Paul said in Ephesians 5, 18, that we need to not be drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? In other words, don't be filled not only with wine, but with whatever you're filling your life with. What are you filling your life with? Well, if you're filling it with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to come out. If you fill it with other trash that's out in the quad, that trash is going to come out. But if you fill it with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to come out. And it's God that's going to witness through you, through the power of the Holy Ghost, and not you, and especially that trash. Then you can go out and be witnesses. Number eight, you should win the lost at any cost. 
There's one of these signs say around here, win the lost at any cost, whatever it costs you. One of the dearest things to the Lord Jesus Christ in keeping to his command to go with the gospel, it's winning the lost souls. It's the most important thing that you can do as a Christian is to win other people to the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to pray daily for those that are lost in this institution. Amen. Need to witness to them. Need to testify your faith to them at every opportunity that you get. Tell them about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 11:30 says, He that winneth souls is wise. Are you a wise one this morning? He that winneth souls is wise. Get into our evangelism class if you're not in it now. Learn how to win a soul to the Lord. Number nine, you should be a giver. It takes great expense to deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Just like running any business in the world, it takes expense to peddle your product. Well, in the body of Christ, it takes expense to peddle your product. Whether it's shoes on the preacher's feet, whether it's tires on his car, or whatever it is that you're going to use to help you go with the gospel, whether it's a movie or whatever it is, you need to give to it. You need to be a giver. You need to be a faithful giver. You need to tithe with your money. You need to be a cheerful giver, the Word of God says. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Amen? Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men heap into your bosom. You give and you will receive. Don't just give to receive, but that's just a principle of God. It works. What you sow, you reap back. Matthew 10, 8 says, Freely you have received, freely give. Everything you have, you freely received it. It all comes from God. Give it back to him. Now, you live in his kingdom. Begin to support his kingdom. Begin to give in his kingdom. Begin to put your money forth for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And lastly, point 10, you should present your whole self to Jesus Christ. Daily, you need to present your spirit, the spirit of the Lord inside of you. You need to present it back to the Lord. You need to present your soul unto the Lord, your mind, your emotions, your entire body to the Lord to be used by him. Paul prayed and said, I pray that your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body will be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you need to give your whole being unto the Lord to be a vessel to honor to the Lord's service. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your whole body a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's your reasonable service to give your whole self to the Lord. You need to pray daily, Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll give what you want me to give. I'll say what you want me to say. And Lord, not my will, but thy will be done in my life. You need to give it all up to the Lord. As a born-again Christian, you need to lay everything out to the Lord. James says in James 1.22, to be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. You've heard the word this morning. You've heard the things and seen the things on the overhead projector. You've had the opportunity to write the things down that you need to do to be an abundant Christian. 
A victorious, conquering, born-again Christian, you need to begin to do these things. Do these things. Jesus says that if you're not a doer of his word, that you will be ashamed at his coming. You need to begin to do the word and not only be that hearer. Commit your whole life to Jesus Christ. Get involved in these things that we brought out this morning, the things that you need to do. Begin to say to yourself, Seth, do these things. You're a Christian.